Welcome to the sermon webcast of Good News Lutheran Church of Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. The following sermon was preached on Wednesday, March 29th, 2017 by guest preacher Ryan Courtright on the basis of Luke 7, verses 44 through 50. A couple of weeks ago, we stumbled across some of our old family videos. Now, they're not that old, I realize. A couple years old, but it was fun watching them, seeing the kids, how they've changed over the last couple of years, seeing how much our life has changed over the last couple of years. And it really shouldn't have surprised us to know that well, that families grow up and, and kids change. Change is a part of our life. It's something that we can't avoid, and everything, it seems, changes. The weather changes, moods change, people change, society changes, technology changes, and some change, well, we welcome it. And a lot of change we complain about. But there is one change we're going to talk about this evening, a change that is personal to you, and we might say it is the most profound change, the most profound change that can happen to anyone. And maybe we, we would do well to ask ourselves the question this evening, when was the last time we really stopped to think about how much Jesus has changed us? You know, I wonder at, at times as Lutherans, we, we steer away from language like our lives have been changed by Jesus because well, we're afraid that it might give the impression that we're just trying to help people for this life. For this, we're just trying to, to change some things in this life to have a better life here and now. But, but the fact is, if you know Jesus' love for you, then change will happen. How can it not happen? And in fact, the Bible is full of examples of sinners who were changed when they came to know the love of their God. And we had an example of that in our reading from Luke chapter 7. And to set the context a little bit, understand where Jesus was and who he was talking to, he had been invited to the home of a man named Simon. And we don't know a lot about Simon. We know that he was a Pharisee, and you're all well aware of the reputation of the Pharisees and their relationship with Jesus. So it's very likely that Simon the Pharisee invited Jesus into his home, not interested so much in feeding him, but in finding some dirt to accuse him of. And what was on the menu? Who was on the guest list? Again, these things we don't know. We do know, however, who walked in and who stole the show that night. And just a couple of verses before the verses that I read for you from Luke chapter 7, we hear who it was that walked in. A woman in that town who had lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. And this, the scene is strange for us to picture because it's so far out of the context of our culture. Having someone wet the feet of someone else with their tears and use their hair to dry them and pour perfume, it seems kind of strange to us, but, but maybe we would do well to consider that, that all of these were actions that came out of thanksgiving. And 
for us, we might think of it as someone coming in, giving a big hug and maybe a gift card and a thank you note. It's the same attitude. And it wasn't so much what the woman did that struck Simon and the other guests that night. It's what, who she was. She was a sinner. Someone known in the whole village. And not only that, that she had come and Jesus was okay with her. Jesus, of course, knew what Simon the Pharisee was thinking. And so he told Simon this story, this parable, over the dinner. He said, Simon, imagine that there were two men who owed a lender money. One of them owed ten times as much as the other. And the lender, on his own accord, decided to cancel the debt. Which of the two, which of the two would be more thankful? The question now, which of them will love him more? And, and Simon, unwittingly, fed Jesus the answer and made his point for him. Simon said, I suppose the one who had a bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. And Jesus' point was clear. This woman who had been forgiven much had been changed much. Now, who, who was this woman? Again, we don't have many of the details. We know that she was a woman with a reputation in the village where she lived. And saying that she was a woman who was sinful is probably a tactful way of saying that she was a prostitute. And you just imagine if this was the first time this woman had shed any tears. Hard to imagine that was the case. Don't you think that, that she had shed tears before in different circumstances, unknown to anyone else. Tears of shame over the life that, that she was living. Don't you think that it's possible she, she had previously cried herself to sleep considering the mess she had made of her life and the shame she had brought on her family or considering that she had, had trapped herself in this lifestyle? How would she survive if she gave it up? And isn't it possible that, that some of the men that she sold herself to treated her so poorly and abused her to the point that, that she could do nothing other than weep? And, and all of those times, all of the previous crying she had done, again, who was there to care? Unnamed to us. A woman only known for her sin. That's who she was. But now who is this woman? Who is this woman we see at Jesus' feet? Now she is not a woman known because of her sin, but a woman who is known because of the forgiveness she had received in Jesus. And at some point, this woman had come to hear Jesus and heard of his forgiveness, had come to believe in him. Now she was no longer a sinner, but a saint in the eyes of her God. And consider how this changed this woman. That the lips which she had used previously to offer adulterous kisses now bent down to kiss the feet of her Savior. And that she had offered herself for a price. But here she was offering Jesus 
gifts of great price. And not just expensive perfume, but offering truly herself for the salvation that she had received from him. And her heart, no longer full of sorrow, was, was now full of joy. There's no question that this woman was changed. And she didn't offer any words, no words recorded for us in the Gospel of Luke at least, but her actions preached her sermon. The tears she shed, the wiping of Jesus' feet, the perfume she offered. Clearly she was changed much. And then there was another sermon offered that evening, another sermon offered in silence, the sermon of Simon the Pharisee who was watching all of this unfold who also didn't offer any commentary about the woman specifically, but, but his thoughts were captured and related to us in Luke's account. When the Pharisee who had invited him in saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Simon certainly had Plenty of judgment stored up in his heart for this woman and for sinners like her. But notice what Simon didn't have. As he welcomed Jesus into his home that evening, he didn't welcome him in with a kiss, which would have been customary in that day. He didn't welcome him in by offering him water to wash his feet. He didn't offer any oil to soothe his skin. Simon loved little because he thought he needed little forgiveness. And contrast that with this woman who offered Jesus an over-the-top reception that night, held nothing back for Jesus, and the answer as to why this was the case is clear. She loved much, for she had been forgiven much. And as we watch the scene unfold before our eyes, and we ask ourselves, where would we put ourselves around that dinner table that night? Would we put ourselves in the place of, of Simon the Pharisee with his self-righteousness and his judgment? Or do we see ourselves more as the woman washing Jesus' feet with our tears and wiping them with our hair? And I know you all know the right answer. The right answer is that we are just as sinful as this woman. That one sin makes us as guilty as her. Of course, that's the right answer. And yet I wonder, when was the last time that our eyes were, were filled with sorrow or our hearts filled with shame because of our sins? Or when was the last time in view of God's love for us and overwhelmed by his love, that we came and offered an over-the-top gift, not because the pastor seemed to be bugging us for it and not because we were coming to the end of the year and could benefit with our taxes on it. When was the last time that, that we bent the social norms to show our love for Jesus because we love Jesus. It's easy to love Jesus at church. We're supposed to do it here. But what about in those places where Jesus' enemies hang out? What about at, at school or at work? What about at our uncle's house who's against Jesus and our faith? 
When was the last time we let nothing stand in the way of us being with Jesus? Not our past, not what people would think about us, and certainly not our schedules. And could it be that we have grown accustomed, that we have grown comfortable with loving Jesus little because we do not see that we need forgiveness much? And if this is the case, when this is the case, then the first sin we need to confess is the sin of Simon the Pharisee the sinful pride that fills our hearts all too often. And God grant us a true repentance, a true sorrow over our sin. Because we do have plenty to cry about, whether it's the lost things of this life or the loneliness or the sins of our past or our shame. But know this too, that Jesus turns to you as he turned to that woman that evening, and he says to you, your sins are forgiven. Go in peace. And understand that this message has changed you, too. Because the same circumstances that surrounded Jesus eating at Simon the Pharisee's house, well, he has done for us, as he has prepared a banquet for us, the banquet of salvation, and served each one of us with his dear forgiveness. That he has covered us, not with his tears, but with his blood, so that we have been changed from sinner to saint before God. That he has washed us in our baptism and made us pure and clean. And now he calls us his own, and he says, my son and my daughter, your sins are forgiven. Go in peace, and go as one who has been changed. So that our lives are now asking the question, how do we, how can we thank our Jesus for what he has done for us? And maybe he's not having dinner down the street this weekend so that we can go and serve him. But has he put people in your life for you to serve? People that would require you going out of your comfort zone and getting messy because people are messy? Maybe we can't go up to him and offer him an expensive jar of perfume, but as he placed opportunities before you, opportunities to be generous, to offer over-the-top gifts in love for him to help and to serve others. Yes, let's leave tonight remembering Jesus has changed each of us in the most personal, in the most profound way. We are no longer who we were. We are washed we are forgiven. We turn to him because he has changed us. Amen. For more information about Good News Lutheran Church, visit www.goodnewslc.org.